Hello, everyone. Can you hear me okay? Okay. Uh, it's been a while that I uh, speak at this EM service, and as I was preparing the message, uh, my tongue wasn't really properly functioned, so I, I concern and worry. But uh, as I was worship the Lord uh, with praise team, you know what? I, I felt a strong uh, uh, work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, as I was sitting on the front, uh, I felt like I'm at the like a mega church. <laughs> we have a thousand people behind me worshiping the Lord together. Because that's how I felt. I really want to thank the Lord for our praise team. Because the musicians and you guys are awesome. You guys, you guys led us into the presence of the Lord. You guys led us to worship God, right? That is so awesome. You know, number is number. God is searching for those people whose hearts are fully committed to Him. That's what 2 Chronicles 16.9, right? He's still looking for those people whose heart is ready to worship the Lord. And I, I was happy that I can be part of these this, this members and worship the Lord together. So uh, God's going to speak to us today, right? Yes. yes. And He's going to bless us. And I want to really thank the Lord for you guys, all of you guys. We've been through a lot of things, pandemics and you know, a lot of ups and downs. But thank the Lord for you guys, that you guys are worshipers. And God is still looking for the worshipers. And through you, God can expand his kingdom. Amen? Okay, I'm going to read the passage from the uh, book of John, chapter 2. For KM, we are doing the book of John, study of the book of John. And I wanted to use this passage today, I mean, to speak to you. John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Uh, I'm going to read in NIV. Uh, we have that on the screen. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. Wait, by the way, can we all stand to listen to the word of the Lord? Okay. Verse 2. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wedding was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine, dear woman. Why do you involve me? Jesus replied, My time has not yet come. His mother said to the servant, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby six stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first, then the cheaper wine after the guests have been too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. This, the first of his miracle signs, Jesus performed at Cana in Galilee. He thus revealed his glory, and his disciples put their faith in him. Before we sit down, should you go around and greet one another? Let's, let's welcome. Uh, if you can, give them a hug. Let's bless one another. 
Okay, let's do that. At least 20 people. All right. Let's not leave anyone behind. You know this passage so well, right? Jesus turned water into wine. Uh, Why did Jesus choose this miracle, miracle sign, as very first miracle? Dr. Reynold Price at Duke University, he said, if I was inventing a life of Jesus, I would want to make sure the first miracle was extremely quintessential. Meaning, if I want to start a brand new religion called Christianity, I want to make sure my first miracle would be something spectacular. If Price, Dr. Price knew the spiritual significance of the miracle, he wouldn't say that. He's not a really believer. So he couldn't figure figure it out. But at least he proved the Bible is not a fiction. Because this is what happened. That's why John recorded as very first miracle. But let me ask you why. Why did Jesus choose this miracle as very first one? Because through this miracle, Jesus wants to tell us, wanted to tell us the most important matter to us. Did you hear me right? The most important matter to us. Let's find them out today. I made three points. First one, Jesus is the master of wedding banquet. I'm going to read verse one and two once again. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. Jesus was invited to the wedding, so his disciples and his mother. What is the most important thing for the wedding? Bridegroom? Bridegroom? Husband and wife, right? Bride and groom, right? Bride and groom. I said, bridegroom. What? Yeah. No. The most important thing for the wedding is wine. Did you hear me right? Yes. Back in those days, wine was so important. Yet, they ran out of wine. Whose fault was it? How can they miscalculate wines? This is the most important thing. It was the fault of master of banquet. It's like wedding coordinator. Linda, you need to have a good wedding coordinator, right? <laughs> Otherwise, they're going to ruin your wedding. I mean, yes. At that unthinkable moment, they ran out of wine. Jesus stepped in and helped by turning the water into wine. What is the role or responsibility of uh, master of the banquet? To make sure wedding banquet is full of excitement and everyone is having a good time. Through this miracle, Jesus proved that he was the true master of the wedding banquet. For he brought excitement 
and joy for everyone who were at the wedding. And let me ask this question. This is a very important question. Do you have joy in your life? Do you have joy in your life? If you don't have joy in your life, that means maybe he's not the master of your life. If Jesus becomes the master of my life, I can't hide, but his joy coming from deep from us. I'm not talking about happiness. You know the difference between happiness and joy, right? Happy has to do with happenstance. If something happened in your life, hey, I'm happy. I feel happy. But joy is a different thing, right? Regardless of situation that we are in, regardless of my, uh, my emotion, regardless of the circumstance that, you know, that we, are, we are facing, challenges, whatever, you can still have joy. And true joy only can be provided by our master. For he is the master of this life. Jesus is the master. I like this passage. On the mountain of the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet for aged wine, the best meat and the finest wines. It is so difficult for us to associate Christianity with feast, party, right? But God is the one who prepared the party for us. He says he's going to provide best meat and finest wine. What is the best meat out there at, at, to this market? Wagyu, right? I, I, I just checked that uh, last week, a couple of days ago. And my goodness, this Japanese Wagyu ribeye, five pounds of ribeye, has cost $650. Five pounds. $650.95 at the Amazon.com. And God is saying, you know what God is saying? You know what? I can top that. I can provide better meat. What about the wine? What is the finest wine out there at the market? I check again too. And the most expensive wine at the market is called Nomani Conti 1945. Anyone drink that before? It was sold at the price of $558,000, over half a million dollars in 2018 at the auction. They only produced 600 bottles, and obviously it is a rare item, right? You know what Jesus is saying? You know what? I can top that too. I can provide better wine. Jesus' primary purpose of this miracle was to give joy at the banquet. There is no joy if Jesus is not the master of your life. When you allow him as your master of your life, you will experience true joy. When you become a religious person, we have so easily we have tendency to become a religious person, <laughs> religious people, because we well, grow, grow up in church. When you become the person, there's no joy. I'm not kidding. I've been there before. But when you begin to have relationship 
with Jesus Christ, you can hide his joy in you. He is the master of the wedding banquet. Second point I want to make is this. Jesus is the wine at the wedding banquet. Let's look at the verse 3 and 4. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Dear woman, why did you involve me? Jesus replied, my time has not come. My goodness. Why did he say that? Dear woman. How can he say to his own mother, woman? I mean, if my son is calling my wife woman, I would say, smack him, right? How can you, how dare can you say that? But actually, you know, when you look at the Greek word, there was no proper English translation. That's why they used that you know, phrase, but it actually means woman dear. It's respecting the, you know, as you know, Jesus cannot, I mean, he would not ever respect, disrespect his own mother, right? It looks like Jesus rejecting his mother's request, but it wasn't because Jesus turned water into wine. Then why did he say that? I can think of two things. First one, he thought about his own wedding. As we talk about wedding, maybe Ninda, maybe an Elton too, and you guys think about your own wedding, right? No? Probably you would probably think the way, right? Jesus thought about his own wedding. That's why my time has not come. When you look at the Old Testament, God described our relationship with Father in many different ways. He is like a king. We are his citizens. He's like a shepherd, and we are his sheep, right? He's like father, we are his children. And he's like, he's our husband, and we are his wife. Revelation 21, uh, 21 22 says, I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. Jesus thought about his own wedding. That's why he said, my time is not yet come. A second thought, this is very important, that wedding time is not yet come. The wedding time is not yet come. Meaning that there was something has to be done. Something needs to take place before the wedding banquet. The time has to do with time of sacrifice, time of death. That's why this wine has symbolic meaning of Jesus' death. Verse 6, nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. When Jews enter the temple, they need to wash their hands before they enter the temple because they were not morally, religiously, uh, they were not clean. That's why they had to wash themselves. This wine which Jesus changed from water represents the blood of Jesus Christ. He cleans us by his blood. That's why, that's what Jesus said in the Last Supper. Then he took the cup, which we're going to do it in communion today. He took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many 
for the forgiveness of sin. And this is what Jesus said in Garden of Gethsemane, Mark chapter uh, 14, 36. Our Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. This cup represents the blood of Jesus Christ. I want you and I to think about his sacrifice this moment. Think about his sacrifice. For our sake, for our joy, he gave everything. He gave up everything. You know what? I've been married to my wife more than 30 years. If I have to separate from her, I think I will experience hell, literally hell. But think about God. Think about Jesus. He was with God from the beginning, right? But for you and me, for our joy, for our sake, he had to separate from God and literally experience hell. You know, that's how much you how valuable you are. Whenever we see Jesus on the cross, that's how much he show how much he loves us. This is how much I love you. It is important for us to catch that supreme love of Jesus Christ toward us. Indeed, he was the wine. He shed a wine for, for us. Last point that I want to make today is Jesus saved the best for the last. Verse 10, again, everyone brings out the choice wine first and the cheaper wine after the guests have been too much drink. But you have saved the best till now. This is how Jesus works. This is how Jesus works. I'm, I can't imagine people were saying, something is wrong. This, so, so, this wine is so good, so great. Jesus always saved best for the last. But Satan is so, Satan is apologetic, right? This, this passage, food gains by fraud tastes sweet to a man, but he ends up with a mouthful of gravel. There is sweetness in sin, but it leads to death. But Jesus saves the best for the last. He keeps the best for the last. You know what? That is the hope in Jesus Christ. This life, I can't believe. It's been over three years, pandemic, right? I often get like shocked by looking at the you know pictures that I took like 10 years ago. It just popped up in my you know Apple phone, right? My goodness, it was eight years ago? My goodness, it was 10 years ago? Wow, time fly like this, right? This life. Really short. This is like dot. But when you see the eternity, that is our hope. So don't get too much pressure in this life. Of course, it's a life God has given us, right? We have to enjoy Him, knowing Him and enjoy Him and, and, and share Him. Share the blessing that He has you know, restored in our lives. But our that final decision is not here. Don't live as if this is your final home. No, no, no. Our ultimate hope is in heaven. There were two guys. They were working at the same place. 
they assemble the watches, hand watches. One guy's always like complaining, my life sucks. I don't like my life. He barely wake up in the morning, goes to work, and same guy, I mean, same, uh, different guy, but same workplace. This guy is like full of excitement. He enjoys the job. He just praises God all the time. You know what difference was? Same kind of job, but difference was the pay. Pay was different. Salary was different. This one guy who's always depressed, he only get like $10,000. Is that a lot? $10,000 yearly base. Not monthly base, but $10,000. It's little, right? No wonder. But the other guys, he's getting $10 billion a year. Yeah. What I'm trying to say is this. When you have an eternal perspective, when you understand our final destination, you know, Julia and I, we often talk about our future. This is nothing. Whatever the challenge that you have, when you know your final destination, no big deal. I can tackle this. If this is my final home, I will be probably depressed, discouraged. But no, no, no. My final home is waiting for me. That's why, you know, I believe God who saved the best uh, for the last. Let me conclude my message. I've been, you know, officiating the wedding, maybe more than 100 weddings. I always get amazed by beauty of bride. So beautiful. I mean, every time at the wedding, I witness when the bride enters the aisle with you know, her dad, the way the bridegroom sees his bride is something special. I cannot forget uh, Elijah's you know, entrance. You're riding a coach, right? My goodness. I was like, wow, I've never seen this. But way young, looking at Elijah, is, you know, something different. Because you don't usually see your love wearing the white, you know, dress, right? Wedding dress. I think of Jesus, our ultimate bridegroom. When we enter uh, the aisle of heavenly wedding, I know what he's going to do. He's going to receive us. Not because of what I've done. No. I have nothing to break about. I have nothing. I have nothing to offer to the Lord. But because of what He has done for me, by holding the fact and truth of what Christ has done for me, that tiny faith, He's going to give me the credit. He's going to treasure me that. for that reason. And it's going to be the wedding that he, as a master of a banquet, as a bridegroom, he's going to prepare the wedding. That's why. If I prepare the wedding, there's so many shortcomings, right? But he's going to prepare the wedding for me. Anyway, I can't wait.
can't wait to enter that, uh, the wedding, heavenly wedding. We have a lot of challenges, right, in our daily life, religious-wise, and financial-wise, even church-wise. You know what? Think about supreme love of Jesus Christ towards you. Meditate that. That will give you strength, enough power to tackle any challenges. No big deal. Pastor, you don't know my situation. That's why I say like that. Some people may say that. No. No. I've been seeing a lot of challenges in our lives. I personally had so many challenges. It's not about us. It's not our skill or ability or people I know of. No. It is the person of Jesus Christ. When he becomes the master of your life, when he becomes true bridegroom, hey, no big deal. He's inviting us today. We've been doing this many, many times, even the last week too. And he's going to invite us at this time as we enter the communion. Uh, I want you to open your hearts and take it as if it is the real of Jesus Christ. Can you join me in prayer? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, would you send your Holy Spirit upon us? Let this be the hour, the moment that we encounter with you, Lord Jesus Christ. That the bread which we bring maybe to us, the communion of the body of Christ, and the cup which will bless the communion of his blood. Grant that being joined together in him, we may attain to the unity of faith and grow up in all things unto him who is our head, Christ our risen Lord. Lord, Thank you for your invitation to this Lord's table. Help us experience you today, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.